Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk sheet. Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Brooke Falk, your host and assistant writer to Ken Vernon, the inspired author of the ebook Revelation of Revelation, A Total Fraud, and also published book. What you're about to hear on this episode of Revelation of Revelation has not been revealed before now in this audio format. We do invite you to listen in now. Thank you for tuning in to our archived programs as we introduce today's topic program, and it's one-of-a-kind program where you won't find anywhere else where Scripture is speaking the truth through the in-depth studies of Ken Vernon. We remind you that when you go to Revelation of Revelation.com, if you haven't already, you can place your order for your copy and ebook or going to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, for example, type in Revelation of Revelation and order a printed copy. And it is available on your major book venues throughout the world. Revelation of Revelation. And now the author, Ken Vernon, and this evening's Revealed Truth Explained. Hello, Ken. Hello, Brooke. Excuse me. And greetings, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. Feel free to invite others to do likewise. We have, as Brooke mentioned, a, a very unique program. We are here to promote the revelation of revelation and to reveal the many lives, lies that are found within the Bible. A very unusual thing to say that, I'm sure, because any religious programs that we listen to, we hear people telling us only the things they've been telling us, our fathers and our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers, about the church and about the Bible and the various things that one believes. However, we have direct instructions from the Messiah that teaches us that we must continue in the Word. He gives no instructions to go to church. He says, if you continue in my Word, you shall learn the truth. You should come to know the truth. And the knowledge of the truth would set you free. What we do at this website is bring you the truth. Very often we point to lies, I'm sure to some that is offensive and unusual, but the Creator says 
that anyone who takes away from his words or add to them is a liar. He calls them liars, and he says that he would reprove them and prove them to be lies. Before I get into tonight's program, there's something very important I would like to share with you. The scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, are about a Hebrew event, which eventually will impact everyone on this earth. But it is primarily a Hebrew event. The scriptures come to us in Hebrew. There is a Greek version that comes to us later of the New Covenant writings. But in fact, that is also something that has a lot of manipulation and changes in it and outright lies in it that are that were put in there by the people with their private agenda to promote a good new a Bible. They promote scriptures that makes it possible for them to manipulate and control the general public. The scriptures, for example, clearly tell us that when the Messiah returns, he returns to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. He does not come back to the Vatican or the First Baptist Church in Tennessee or the Church of England or the Mormon Church in Utah. He returns to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. It is a Hebrew event from beginning to end. Eventually, it does impact all the people of the world. But that is the thing that most people who come to the Bible don't realize that it is a Hebrew event. It is not a Gentile event. It is not a Christian event. Tonight, I'm going to share with you myths about the Bible that millions upon millions of churchgoers not only in the United States, but in all the English-speaking countries of the world and many of the Spanish and Portuguese countries in the world. They were done, they were put there by the people who have taken the position that they are at liberty to bring the good news to the world, when in fact they have no such authority. But tonight, among those myths about the Bible, the biggest one and the easiest one to explain as a lie is a place called hell. For example, if you go to Genesis, you will see that the Hebrew Scriptures says, or at least the English translation of them says, in the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth. He never created a place called hell. You cannot find where hell is from your Bible. You can find where heaven is 
because from the prophet Isaiah, he tells us that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. And also from the prophet Isaiah, we learn that it is he who sits above the circle of the earth. So even though we are unable to see God's throne from where we are, we know where it is. We have a pretty good idea of where it is. It says that heaven, or heaven's his throne, is in, in the size of the north, in another passage from Isaiah. So whether you live in South America or Central America, or anywhere in between, you know where north is. So you always know where heaven is. And as for the earth, well, we're all living on it. So there you have, you are able to identify the places that were created on this earth by the creator when he refurbished the earth after the tohu and bohu that we find mentioned in Genesis. He did not make a place called hell. Hell being the easiest one to explain because in our Bibles, the people who tampered with the scriptures removed the word grave in the Hebrew and the Greek version of the Bible that we have, and they replaced it in many cases with the word hell. Today, as well as yesterday, many adults, millions of adults upon this earth, speak of the deceased being in heaven, looking down at us. That is based upon a teaching that has been with us for generations and generations. There is no place called hell. The dead does not go anywhere. The dead cannot travel. All human beings know that. They believe that myth that when someone dies, they go to heaven. I'm sure you have attended a few funerals in your time, a few wakes, and you will always hear the priest or the ministers say, so-and-so is in heaven. How does the, the dead leave this earth? It is not possible for dead people to go anywhere without the living place them there. For example, the scriptures tell us that the living know that they shall die but the dead knows not anything. Another passage from Ecclesiastes tells us that there is no wisdom, there is no work, there is no knowledge, there is absolutely nothing in the grave where we go. We don't go to heaven, we don't go to hell when we die. We simply go to our graves. I'll share a passage from Corinthians by the Apostle 
shovel or a parcel saw, as the Englishman would have us believe. Saul says that if the dead rise not, eat and drink, for tomorrow you die. Those scriptures make it absolutely, positively clear that the dead does not go anywhere. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, this is all we get. So, as Paul basically hinted there, party time. Eat and drink for tomorrow you die. Enjoy this life because it is once around. But the scriptures also makes it clear that there is a resurrection of the dead. Messiah was crucified and resurrected from the dead and returned to the heavenly places where he departed from to come into this world as a human being. So again, go to your Greek lexicon, your Hebrew lexicon, and you will discover that the word hell in your English translation of the Bible is nothing more than a lie that was placed there. In both instances, it replaces the word grave. So bottom line here, there is no hell. Everyone goes to the same place, the grave. And the spirit, our spirit, returns to the creator. We are told in Ecclesiastes Chapter 12, when we die, in the Psalms we are told the same thing. The Spirit returns to the Creator who gave it. So, as we come into this world and we live our lives, He gives us a Spirit upon our entrance into the world. And when we die, He simply takes it back. We didn't know that Spirit when we had it, we don't know that spirit when we didn't have it, and we don't have this. We don't know that spirit when we die. The dead has absolutely, no, absolutely no consciousness whatsoever. So the bottom line is, there is no hell. It is a myth that has been propagated, as I said before, for centuries. Let's move on. Time is fleeting. Let's look at the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And look at what it actually represents. We are told, Adam and Eve, from Genesis, we are told, were given permission to eat from every tree, the fruit from every tree in the Garden of Eden, except one tree. Do not eat from that tree, they were told, because in the day that you eat from that tree, you are going to die. Now you can imagine Adam and Eve, the first two people on this earth who were created now in the image of the Creator, having this basic instruction don't eat from this tree, otherwise you're going to die. They didn't know what death was. It really didn't mean too much to them. They have no, they had 
no idea what dying meant. Anyway, the narrative goes on. Satan comes along, he tempts Eve. Eve takes of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, eats the fruit, gives it to Adam, tells him that the tree is is delicious. The fruit from a tree is delicious. And he also ate from the tree. And then the trouble begins. The Lord comes along, calls for Adam, and Adam and Eve are now hiding. They committed a terrible sin. They disobeyed a direct command from the Creator not to eat from one and only one tree in the Garden of Eden. But they were given permission to eat from any other tree in that garden. There were no restrictions. Lo and behold, now that the indiscretion comes about, we find the narrative goes on to tell us, lest he put forth his hand now and take also of the tree of life and live forever, they had to be thrown out. Now, here's what's very interesting about that scenario. Had Adam and Eve eaten from the tree of life that could make them live forever, what's up with that? Here are some things that would have followed. If they were given everlasting life, if they simply ate from that tree, they were not restricted, they were told to eat from any tree in the garden except this one, they knew which one that was, so they could have eaten, they could have accidentally found the tree of life and eaten from it. But that creates several problems, especially with the scriptures that says flesh and blood cannot inherit eternal life. Anyway, had they eaten from the tree of life, then the children that they had would also have eternal life. Now, very simply, if we reach back a bit, we can imagine that this earth would be overflowing with people. People will be living in the deserts. People will be living on the sea. People will be living everywhere where there is space. Can you imagine the amount of food that an earth full of people would need? All those things come about because we read and never quite see what's written there until we follow the instructions in the book to continue reading the book. And then the truth is revealed. Eternal life does not come to flesh and blood. It absolutely absolutely does not. You must be born again of spirit in order to inherit eternal life. We learn that from the New Testament writings. We are told also that 
at the time of the harvest of the first fruits, in 1 Corinthians 15, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We must undergo that change from mortal to immortal. We cannot receive that from a tree. Every tree, every plant, every herb reproduces after its kind. It cannot give life to some other kind. As insane as that may sound, and just totally impossible, if we turn to Revelation, the only other place where we find the tree of life, we discover another fascinating thing. The tree of life, upon returning to the book of Revelation, we see that it no longer has power to give eternal life. But it's there, the fruits from the tree of life in the book of Revelation, we are told, bears fruit every month of 12 different kinds, which is a lie because it is contrary to the Creator's words in Genesis, where he tells us that every tree reproduces after its kind. The orange tree, the grapefruit, the apple tree, the almond tree, you name it. Everything reproduces after its kind. We know that. We have seen that. We live that. But we believe lies that are told to us by preachers because they're supposed to be the people who know what's written in the Bible. But in fact, they really don't know that. Let me continue with the tree of life that is found in the book of Revelation. I will read for you what Revelation chapter 21 tells us regarding the end when the Creator comes. In Revelation 22, I'll get there in a minute, I have my trusty old King James, which is some 37 years old, that's got all my markings in it, makes it very easy. In Revelation 22, I will read to you exactly what this book tells us about the tree of life. And then I'll go back to chapter 21. I will show you that this narrative in itself is fraught with lies that heretofore we did not see. Here we go. This is about the new heavens and the new earth. And I'll read that to you from Revelation 21 after I have read Revelation 22 for you. In verse 2 it says, In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. (laughs) 
Did you catch that? No mention of the fruits giving you eternal life here, but the leaves of the tree would be used medicinally. But here's the problem with that. I'll take you back. I will follow the chronology that is here in the book of Revelation to verse 21. This comes before verse 22. Here we go. I'll pick it up in verse 1. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Now, here it comes. Verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Ah, very interesting. No more death. No one can die anymore in a new heaven and a new earth. But, in chapter 22, we are told from the tree of life, the leaves were there for the healing of the nations. What's up with that? He wipes away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. So how can you have a situation where you need to be healed when you you can't die? Why would you need to be healed? Let me go further here. He says, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. In other words, all the things that you and I know here and now are passed away. But yet, in Revelation 22, we are told that from the tree of life, the tree, the leaves, will be for the healing of the nations. See the problem? First, the tree of life in the Garden of Eden can give eternal life to mortals, in spite of the fact that the Scriptures clearly tell us that we must be born again of spirit to become immortal beings. But here we have a situation where you can't die, but you can get sick. And if you get sick, Certainly you will have pain and you will have sorrow. But according to chapter 21, it's all gone. It does not exist. And there we have two myths from your Bible where for generations, many, many millions of people within the the Christian community have been mired and wired in and have gone about the business of believing lies in your Bible that come to us from the people who we think 
know what is in our Bibles. On that note, I will leave the others for another time. I'll take it back to Brooke. Thank you, Ken, for another opening of our minds to the truth as the Scripture has given it to us, though clouded through traditions of men, the many religious factions that have come and gone and come again in different varieties are absolutely wanting to entice followers to follow them instead of others. It behooves them for a follow, uh, following that would maybe add to their coffers uh, to support their work. But we have seen over the many generations of TV and radio of a haughty bunch that have created grandeur in the religious sectors that have fallen and their scriptures. Can you recall that scripture that talks about the mighty and uh, that they fall? Can you quote that before? Not it's talking about kings, kings, mighty kings. I mean, they all rise up, but uh, their end uh, is eventually they fall whatever that scripture is. I'm not the Bible scholar on this program, an assistant writer. I know it's there. And I just, this is something, I'm an ad-libber. I can, something comes to mind and I, I put it out there. And this is just exactly what I was, <laughs> I guess you will call it inspired to put out there now. And will I look for that scripture afterwards? Possibly. But thank you for tuning in this program and all archived programs. Ken and I are individuals who are not trying to persuade anybody to come to this program and to donate any dollars. Of course not. Uh, there is a small fee, of course, for the book or e-book. That's uh, on the publisher's side as far as Ken and I. We would uh, love to have this as no charge, but unfortunately, publishers need to have their funds paid to them for their promoting of this book. And this work, as far as getting it around the nations, that's all available worldwide through the technology of Internet. And Ken and I have this very low-key program where we're not buying advertising dollars to promote it, but those who are of a mind of asking and seeking, as it says, and those who stumble across this program, it's not a stumbling as they were directed to it, to listen. And where do you go from here? You keep listening to the episodes and the archives, and you can listen to them over and over again. But contact Ken directly. That's what he's there for. Forgetty at optonline.net is a website you'll find online on the Revelation of revelation.com website. There's no hiding behind any such websites, not knowing who we are, the about the authors or clearly laid out, and a sampling of the works laid out of just two ordinary individuals that have come around the, the block a number of times in religious upbringing. So we've experienced where you are, where you've been, and where you may be looking for answers yourself, and then you find that they're revealed in a simple program such as this, Revelation of Revelation, here on the Talk Shoe Format. Do join us again and again. Check back to the archive programs, or if you 
Look forward to an oncoming uh, live program where you can interact with us. Just check the talk shoe and click on the Revelation. The Revelation, put it in the talk shoe format bar where you can search for upcoming episodes. You'll see that and do join us direct. That would be great. Love to hear from you that way as well. Until our next episode, this is Brooke Falk, the assistant writer to Ken, Ven- Ken Vernon. Let me give you the website slowly, Vergedi, V-E-R-G-E-D-I, at optonline, as it sounds, O-P-T-O-N-L-I-N-E dot net. Contact hey, Ken at any time. Go ahead, Ken. Oh, you close up shop, Brooke. Let me uh, give you a scripture that covers what you mentioned there at the end of your... Uh, yes, your... about kings and or kingdoms or... comes from uh, Zechariah, from chapter 1. He says, uh, in speaking to the children of Israel, the uh, the prophet Zechariah says, The Lord has been sore displeased with your fathers. Therefore, say to you unto them, thus says the Lord of hosts, Turn you unto me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you. Be not as your fathers unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Turn you now from your evil ways and from your evil doings. But they did not hear, nor hearken unto me, says the Lord. And here it comes. He asks the question, Your fathers, where are they? The answer is, they are dead. Next he goes to, and he says, the prophets, do they live forever? We all know that they don't. But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? And they returned and said, like as Lord of hosts ought to do unto us, unto our ways, and according to our doings, so as he dealt with us. So here from the prophet Isaiah, the, the creator asks, where are your fathers? They're gone. Where are the prophets? They're gone. He says, but my words, my words are still here. They still speak the truth generation after generation after generation. When all the high and mighty have come and gone from generations to generations, the creator's word is still with us. And that is where, as Brooke mentioned, or we we hang our hat on the scriptures, plain and simple. Okay. Thank you. So from an ad lib to more scripture, before we closed out this particular episode of Revelation of Revelation, thank you, Ken. You're welcome. And we bid you good night and join us again real soon here on Revelation of Revelation. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.